Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Yeah, doing well, Dan, doing well. Yeah, we got a stacked Friday lineup that is usually not the case, by the way. Um, on Friday, I have to get up super early yeah. to go out and uh, scour the entire internet front to back to find new stories. Not today. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So let's get right to it. First uh, story, I've been getting tons of email. Love your feedback. Try to read as many as I can um, between my wife, my daughter, and I. We do read them all. But one of the questions I uh, I, I got, I mean, received a lot of emails on, why is this security clearance thing with Brennan a big deal? And I don't think I've explained this well enough. If you understand the cartel of how this works in the G, in the government, and why... The swamp is losing their minds. It's not a long, uh, particularly detailed story, but it's important you understand that the Brennan, if you missed the story, by the way, John Brennan, Donald Trump pulled his security clearance. Thank the Lord. I mean, this couldn't have happened quick enough. But the response by the swamp, the media, the swamp rats, and even a lot of swamp rat Republicans has been overwhelming. Oh my gosh, this is tyranny. He's a dictator. We've all heard it before. Nazi (laughs) fascist. Let's go down the list. Nazi fascist, dictator, racist, misogynist, Islamophobe, transophobe. Um, uh, what is there any more, Joe? Am I missing any? There's, I'm sure I. <laughs> so many. Of them. I know I am, but we, we, that's the list, right? That's yeah. the list we have to go down every time. Donald Trump sneezes. <laughs> Racist, Islamophobe, transophobe, istophobic, phobophobic, phobophobophobe, xenophobe, xenophobe. Yeah, that's it. There's more. They just haven't called him a communist yet. Not, that, not that, yet. That'll be next, right? That'll yeah. That'll be that'll be the ultimate in insults. So they went down the list. But folks, there's a reason, and I did not explain it well because I was in, I was trying to give you the Spygate angle on it, how I think Brennan's in real trouble for some potential felony leaks that his office may have been associated with. I think he's in real trouble, and I told you about the Jeff Sessions story in The Hill from last year where the Justice Department, folks, is investigating 27 criminal leaks. That's why John Brennan's freaking out. But on the tactical, strategic component, why is the swamp losing their minds? Folks, I had a clearance. I had a TSSCI clearance, top secret sensitive compartmented information when I was on the Presidential Protection Division. The SCI portion of that clearance uh, was only active during my time on the president's detail. The reasons are obvious. Um, When you go on the president's detail, you're in the room when a lot of these conversations are happening. Now, um, that's typically not in the White House. In the White House, the president goes in a room and does his own thing. Um, And, you know, you're typically outside. But when you're out in hotels and at the U.N., you're privy. And obviously, me being a transportation uh, uh, agent, you're in the car. When you're a transportation agent with the president, you're in the car with him while these conversations are going on. Mm -hmm. So you are subject to that conversation. You're not a part of it, but you're hearing it. These clearances, ladies and gentlemen, are valuable commodities in the D.C. swamp, which Donald Trump is thoroughly dismantling. The Brennan story is more about Donald Trump's battle against the swamp than it is about the Spygate leak angle I told you yesterday. And forgive me for not bringing that up. These clearances, Joe, are expensive. Mm. They take, in some cases, a year or so to complete. For instance, on my, I'll give you my example. Mine's a perfect example. In order to get my top secret clearance, which is mandatory for a Secret Service agent, again, the, the sensitive compartmented information is a level above top secret 
But that was only active, Joe, while I was on the president's details. Right. The top secret component, though, is a base level clearance. You need to be a Secret Service agent. Understood? Mm-hmm. These are really, really long, detailed security clearance background processes. You have to fill out a form. I know this because I did recruiting and I did backgrounds for a little while when I was an agent in Melville uh, in Long Island. You have to fill out this form with all your addresses and you have to develop as you're doing the background on, say, Joe Armacost trying to be a Secret Service agent, right? Say he's a cop and he's put in his application. You have to develop unnamed sources, which is very complicated. It's almost like an investigation on the criminal side. What I mean unnamed sources, let me ask you a simple question, Joe. Yeah. You're, you're in for a top secret clearance to be a special agent. That's right. I ask you for three references. You name them, right? Mm-hmm. You going to name three people who hate you? No, I'm going to name people that love me. Yeah, of course, you're going to name people in the Dan Bongino show <laughs> audience that love Joe. Of course, you're going to do that. He's going to put me in, my wife, Gaston, people he works with, right? Right. Well, we would all do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Joe's not doing anything unethical. But the reality is if there's seedy information about Joe uh, and and committing felonious mopery Uh out there, Joe is, yeah, God forbid, Joe is not going to include that information in the background. Mm -hmm. So you have to go and develop what's called unnamed sources, meaning I have to go out, knock on doors Joe named. Joe, he names me. And then from me... Well, that'd be a bad example because I'm doing a background. From a source Joe names, Gaston or his buddy Gaston, whatever it is, I have to go develop unnamed sources. I have to find people Joe didn't name, and I have to figure out if there's any bad info. So let's say, uh, you know, you ask the neighbor, you go, hey, listen, um, hey, Gaston, you know anybody else who knows Joe? Yeah, that neighbor down the block had a fight with him a little while ago. Oh, really? Uh-huh. The un- so it's the unnamed sources where all the juice comes from. Right. I'm only bringing this up because this is an, a long, laborious process. It's not easy to do this. Sometimes unnamed sources are hard to come by, but you can't close out an investigation until you develop them. This costs money. Now, for government contractors, follow me here, who have big-time government contracts, right? Um, imaging companies, uh, people who do other things, let's say, right? But have big multi-million, potentially, you know, seven, eight-figure contracts, excuse me, with the government. Mm-hmm. Those people they hire have to be cleared, Joe. Some of them at the TSSCI level. Mm-hmm. Do you think those companies want to take a year to pay a bunch of hundred thousand dollar a year private investigators to go out and clear employees to government standards? Heck. To the, mm, no, they don't. So what do they do? They go in and they poach. They do what they did in the Secret Service. They come in, they grab uniformed division officers and agents who have a clearance that sticks, Joe, after they leave the government for a certain period of time, just like John Brennan. Mm-hmm. They poach them and go, hey, tell you what, you got a clearance? Yeah, I got a clearance. How about this? How about you come work for us over here at uh, at Armacost, uh, Armacost Consulting? We have a contract with the G. Right. With the G! Nice! I'm out. Armacost takes his big promotion, goes, doesn't have to deal with the government rules anymore, works for a private company that has a contract with the government, and he keeps his clearance. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a beautiful ride. Oh, yeah. 
That is why the swamp is upset. Nobody really cares about John Brennan. John Brennan's an insider hack. Even the people in the intelligence community can't stand. The liberal media only cares about him because they want to protect Obama's legacy. The people in the swamp only care about John Brennan, not because they care about John Brennan, because they care about their own job prospects. A clearance is a commodity. It is a valuable one. It is worth tons of money after you leave government if you can keep it. That is why the swamp is in revolt. But Trump doesn't care. And that's why this rarely, if ever, happens. Because once you set a precedent, Joe, that people leave the government and have their clearances taken away, mm-hmm. the 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 precedent's there that this could happen to other people. And these other people are like, wait, wait, wait. You pull my clearance, I lose my seven, eight-figure job, whatever, mm-hmm. in the private sector. Six, probably six or seven, to be realistic, right? I lose my six-figure job in the private sector. You, uh, Joe, am I explaining this well enough? Yes, you this, are, Dan. It is it is a valuable, <laughs> yeah. valuable commodity. It's not, don't mistake that, oh, you know, people leave and go into lobbying up on the hill and yeah. that's the real, it is, that is part of the swamp. People leave Congress, they go work for private companies that then influence people they used to work with in Congress to the benefit of the private company. Hey, I believe yeah. in freedom of speech and whatever, but that is a real racket. The security clearance industry is a real racket, too. Now, disclosure, I had a clearance after I left the Secret Service as well. I didn't use it, for which I find comical because people are attacking me for attacking Brennan on the clearance. Hmm. But I didn't use the clearance. I ran for office, for public office. I didn't use the clearance as a way to get like some private sector job. Brennan... His title as the former CIA director with a current clearance, these NBC contributors like Brennan, there's an insinuation there, Joe, that when he talks about, which he said, by the way, Trump being guilty of treason Mm -hmm. and that the Russians have something on him, which Brennan has said, Joe. Yes, he has. Do you understand there's an insinuation there that his current security clearance, that maybe he knows something? This is valuable. I never personally attacked, personally, politically all the time, Barack Obama when I left up, never. Matter of fact, if you read my book, it's not a tell-all about my first book, by the way, Life Inside the Bubble. There's no personal attacks on Obama. Matter of fact, if anything, conservatives used to email me saying, you, you sound almost laudatory about Obama. Well, listen, the, the, the election of the first black president, I was honored to be part of the inauguration. I disagreed with the man's policies, but it was a historic moment in the United States, one scarred by uh, events we all know about involving race. I had no problem writing that. Brennan's done the opposite. He's left office with a security clearance. NBC uses the security clearance. Why? He accuses the current president of treason. The swamp is losing their mind, Joe, because of this. I'm doing the uh, rubbing my index finger thumb together. (laughs) It's the dough. (laughs) The dinero, babe. Now, just to be fair, to give you the other side of this. Security clearances do cost a lot of money. Why? Because I just told you, they take a long, long time. Unnamed sources, named sources. If you're like me, my background took a year, a year because I had 18 residences or something like that. We moved around a lot. We didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. Not a sob story. It's just the truth. My background took forever. They had to go to each one of them. Did Dan Bongino live here? Yes. Is Dan Bongino Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th? No, he's not. Okay, thank you. And they had to move on. 
These are expensive. So to be fair to both sides, side number one, why these things should go away. It's become a commodity in D.C. to poach people from the government, move them into six-figure jobs, while the government and the taxpayer subsidize the security clearing process for people who go on and take lucrative jobs in the private sector. Copy? 10-4. That's number one. That's the reason this thing is questionable. Number two... The reason why there may be a benefit to the taxpayer eventually is these are a lot of these are government contracts. In other words, the taxpayer is paying these private companies anyway, Joe, for expertise the government doesn't have. Again, imaging, satellite imaging, sometimes the government. And if we're interested in limiting the size of government, you know, as conservatives, sometimes contracting is not the worst thing. If the private sector can do it more efficiently and save us money, fine. If the private sector then takes some of those people from the government with that expertise and then doesn't have to pay again, again, for another background check because the background check is still valid, then eventually it may have some benefit to the taxpayer. I agree more with number one. I think this process has gone on way too long. There are too many cleared people. These these uh, these clearances go on way too long after you leave government service. There's too much poaching going on. But to give you a, a complete perspective on it, there is at least some benefit from the taxpayer when you view that, hey, these companies would just be redundant at that point. The guy or the woman was just cleared a year ago or something. Now we got to clear them again. So, but um, again, forgive me for not going into a little more detail on that. I think it's important. All right. I got a lot of questions on that. Okay, uh, moving on. Today's show brought to you by Puppy Spot. Hey, welcoming a puppy into your home is one of the most rewarding things you'll ever do. But how can you be sure they come from a responsible, responsible breeder? It's important. Online classifieds are not the answer. The best place to find the perfect puppy is PuppySpot.com, a trusted service connecting the nation's top breeders to caring, responsible individuals and families. Because a puppy joining a home shouldn't feel too big to handle. It shouldn't be full of mystery or compromise. Puppy Spot is more than a service. They're advocates. Their 200-plus dog-loving team members ensure that only the highest level of licensed breeders enter their exclusive breeder community. You can view thousands of puppies from Golden Retrievers to Yorkies to Labradoodles, and their puppy concierge service will help excuse me, and their puppy concierge service will help you find the right breed for you. Once you find the pup you love, you can relax because Puppy Spot handles the rest. Their industry-leading health guarantee means your puppy's vaccinations are up to date and they received a nose-to-tail health exam from a licensed veterinarian before they're brought safely to you. Fetch your new best friend at puppy uh, at puppyspot.com slash Dan. That's puppyspot.com slash Dan. Puppyspot.com slash Dan. Sorry, I've been reading all day and night for the audible version of my new book. And I keep like, I really, it's taken me forever. Okay, puppyspot.com slash Dan. Because for a limited time, all Dan Bongino listeners will receive access to the Puppy Spot VIP program. It's really cool with discounts on everything you need for your new puppy from food to walking services. Check them out. Pictures are adorable on the website, by the way. Go to puppyspot.com slash Dan for this special offer. That's puppyspot.com slash Dan. Okay. Uh, story number two. I, I, I've got a lot more to get to. Uh, stay with me. There's some really cool developments on uh, uh, the Spygate thing as well with the, the government's in like a real lurch right now. But I've got a lot of other news to get to. So this, um, I don't watch this show, but I know about it. This show, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. I've heard of this show. I don't I, it's, I don't know if it's on Bravo or E or whatever. But there's a an entertainer in this show, uh, Jonathan Van Ness. Mm. So interestingly, Joe, I, just, I have this story in the show notes today from Legal Insurrection. 
he puts out a tweet and and listen, it's not in any way, uh, you know, uh, praising Donald Trump. This guy is not a Trump fan in any way, shape, or form. Let's be crystal clear. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a liberal from his tweet, but he says in one of his tweets, Joe, um, and a quote: "Not all Republicans are racist." Oh, okay. Like, I don't know. I'm not a, you would think that's just a common sense thing to tweet, right? From a liberal, because it's true. It's, I mean, it's factually true. (laughs) The honest, you know, honestly, Joe, the fact that it needs to be said is absurd. But of course, Joe, what happens? He says it and the social media mob, (laughs) we got to get the video in here, loses their minds. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This guy, read the legal insurrection piece of the show. They go crazy. How dare you say not all Republicans are, because liberals are are crazy. They're crazy. They are not all Democrats. Liberals are crazy. Are you like a crazy person? All right. Play that again. Are you like a crazy person? Yes. The answer is yes. They want nuts. You may say, oh, well, you're doing the same things they, they did talking about liberals. No, I'm not talking about all Democrats. I've said this repeatedly. I've got people on my block who are Democrats, friends who are Democrats. A lot of them are very rational, rational, reasonable people. We just have disagreements where we're still friends. We still care for each other. I'm telling you the radical left has lost their minds. And stories like this are evidence of it. But. I saw another, and it, I want, there's going to be an angle to this because I don't like to just talk about the news. I like, if I can't add some flavor to it, I don't bother. Jeff Sessions went into a, a Mexican restaurant somewhere in Texas and ate, and the um, chef came out and made the cardinal sin. Have you seen this story, Joe? Of taking yeah. a photo with you, seen it with Jeff Sessions and putting it on their social media. Oh. My, did the internet lose its mind? They People are protesting the Mexican restaurant. So these are more evidence that the radical left is really lost it. Now, I want to bring this up because it's critical. Ladies and gentlemen, smile a little bit today. What? What do you mean, smile? You just said you talked about two absolutely outrageous stories. Sessions eating in a mes- Mexican restaurant that people now want to close down. And, 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 uh, a liberal entertainer who said not all Republicans are racist and now people are attacking him. No, no, folks. Hence the title of the show today. Smile. You are watching an implosion in live time of the radical left. You are. Andrew Cuomo, radical far left governor of New York. America was never great in that in that in that <laughs> stupid voice. I can't stand this guy, Andrew Cuomo. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. Clown. Clown time. Clown show. You're watching an implosion. Why are you watching an implosion? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the left for at least probably 30 to 40 years, maybe more. Um, if you read the book, there's a good book, A Conservative History of the American Left. Excuse me. It's by oh, Dan Flynn. That's right. It's a really long book, but it's a good book. He talks about the, the, the genesis of the American left and basically their collapse from a party of what was once ideas. But they may have been bad ideas, but from a party that was once ideas to a party now, Joe, knee deep in identity politics. Oh. The problem with the identity politics, right? 
This Jeff Sessions is a racist. All Republicans are racist. Liberal actors or entertainers who don't think all Republicans are racist or therefore racist is identity politics is a cannibalistic. It is not. It, it can't sustain itself on its own energy because its energy is rage. Its energy is not facts and data. See, listen, as conservatives smile, our ideology ideology, excuse me, is based exclusively in facts and data and a bedrock in big R rights that are not subject to interpretation. In other words, God gives you the right to defend yourself, the right to speak out, the right to assemble, the right to petition the government, the right to practice your religion. These rights are enumerated in the Constitution and protected by government, not, not, not given to you by government. Don't ever make that mistake. Government gives you nothing, nothing. God has given you everything. Those rights are protected by government. Those are bedrock principles conservatives will not move on. We're also bedrocked in facts and data. We know high taxes, heavy regulation, and socialism doesn't work because we have the facts to back it up. It has led to starvation, deprivation, the collapse of economies, slow economic growth, what we saw under eight years of Obama. We've seen it in live time. But the Clinton administration, yeah, Bill Clinton's government was smaller than the government now. That's why Bill Clinton had some decent years of economic growth. Those are actual facts. The left doesn't have that because when they, you see the contrast I'm making? Mm-hmm. We believe in big R rights that are not movable and we have verifiable facts and data. Facts and data that live on in perpetuity. Low taxes work. Here's the data. Light regulation works. Here's the data. Respecting rights and freedom work. Here's the data. A functioning court system that respects uh, human rights works. The left has none of that. They have no evidence that confiscatory tax rates work. They have no evidence that the heavy foot of government on your neck works. They have no evidence that uh, disrespecting people's religion and having a court system that uses discretion rather than a, 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 uh, a North Star. Remember, if you have guiding principles like we do in Big R Rights, the court system is just there to respect those rights, not to interpret them. The left doesn't have that. So what do they do? Because they don't have any facts and data on the economy, on health care, on education to fall back on other than bad ones. Government controlled education, fail. Government controlled health care, fail. Government controlled economies, fail. Death and starvation. What do they do? They rely on identity politics. This is important. Why? Because when you don't have anything positive, any facts and data and any guiding principles to run on, You can't win. So you can only make the other guy unpalatable because you suck. Your ideas are awful. You have no evidence. We want to take your money, take your kids, take your health care, and we want the courts to interpret what your rights are. Everybody would be like, wait, what? So what do they do? They don't run on that. They run on the Republicans are really bad and they hate you. That is the genesis and the core of identity politics. That's why... There's a reason they do this. They don't have anything else. To be clear, their reason is our agenda is awful. We know it, but we need power. To get power, we have to get the other guys voted out. To get the other guys voted out who actually have facts and data and respect big R rights, we have to get people to hate them. 
to get people to hate them, we have to convince them that the other guy hates you because, let's go down the list, because they're Nazis, fascists, they're racist, xenophobe, mis- misogynist, histophobic, phobophobe, transophobes, yeah, but- uh, homophobes, yeah. phobophobes. This is what they need is all they got. They don't have anything else. So what they do is they silo people into groups, gay, straight, women, men, war on women, black, Hispanic, immigrant, non-immigrant, union, non-union. They segregate you into groups and they try to instruct you about how the Republicans and conservatives hate you. It's not real. They make it up, but they need it. You're gay. Republicans hate you. You're a woman. Republicans hate you. You're an immigrant. Republicans definitely hate oh, yeah. you. Black, they they hate you even more. Yep. The list of they're making this up. This is all nonsense. Mm. But I told you to smile a little bit because it's all falling apart. Now I told you I believed in facts and data, so I'm not just going to throw that out there. Ladies and gentlemen, Black Americans' support of Donald Trump, his approval is up to 30%. 30%. Oh, Dan, you're just making it up. Am I really? Rasmussen, more than credible polling outlet. 30%. Not three, not 13. Three, zero. Actually, higher. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it, I'm, I'm doing the plus or minus a few just to be kind of cautious. 30%. Ladies and gentlemen, it's falling apart because what's happening here, if the liberals cannot count on a monolithic block of black voters, assuming that Republicans hate them because they've, the liberals have told them that it's not it's it's obviously outrageous and offensive, but liberals don't care about being offensive, right? If they can't count on a monolithic block of 80 to 90 percent of black voters automatically assuming the Democrats are for them because the Republicans aren't, it is over. Over. Sweep the knee. It's over. They will be finished. The Democrats will take decades to recover. And and even worse, Joseph. They have no plank and platform to fall back on. (laughs) They've got nothing. There's nothing there. There's no there there. They have spent 40 years convincing Americans that the only reason to vote for Democrats is because Republicans hate you. They have nothing else. They have not put forth a substantive agenda that they can count on to advance using facts and data. They don't have it. What are they going to do? We need your money. We need your health care. We need your kids' education system. Full control because it's worked so well. People <laughs> are evacuating public schools. People hate government-controlled medicine. People love these uh, tax cuts and having more uh, money in their wallets and a growing economy. They don't have anything. Do you notice Democrats are running against Trump's tax cuts, but they're not really running nationwide on a substantial tax hike? Why? If you think government should take more of your money and more government and more taxes equals a better life, why not run on it? Right, Joe? Why not put out a national platform tomorrow every Democrat could sign on? You know, we have that Grover Norquist... um, uh, no new taxes thing that everybody signs mm-hmm. at Americans for Tax Reform. Why not the Democrats put out a counter pledge? We're all going to pledge to double digit hikes in your tax taxes. Why? Why don't they do it? 
Because they know it's junk. It sucks. They know that. They have, you understand what I'm getting at? They have, they have bedrocked themselves for 40 plus years and hate the Republican Party because they hate you, identity politics. It's now falling apart as black voter approval of Trump goes up and up and up, Hispanic voter approval of Trump up and up and up, and they don't know what to do. They have nothing to fall back on. Oh, what are we going to do now? Ladies and gentlemen, the fuel, our fuel is facts. Our fuel is data. Our fuel is God-given rights. That fuel is a perpetually recurring source of energy for us. It never wears out because facts and data never get old. Big R rights never get old. It's where we, it's how we guide ourselves. It's we shoot an azimuth to get there every time. The Democrats have none of that. They're shooting azimuths everywhere to vector themselves around. Uh, Muslims, they hate you. Well, black voters, they hate you too. Who's next, Joe? Union workers, they definitely hate yeah. you. Bikers, they hate you. Truckers, they hate you. Women, they hate you. Men, as long as you're not a white male, they hate you too. Hmm. Kids, they hate you. Puppies, they hate you. But puppies can't vote. Forget that one. Older people, they definitely hate you. They're running out of gas because people are waking up like, eh, listen, I don't know, man. I may not be a huge supporter of Trump, but my wallet's getting a little fatter. The economy's going well. My kids are now going to a really good school. I can mm. afford a private school rather than a public school around here, which isn't so great. Um, yeah, I think Trump's all right. These are black voters and Hispanic voters. The ones the Democrat Party's invested 30 years in telling people that Republicans hate them. It ain't working, babe. So what's happening? And why did I bring up the liberal entertainer, his tweet, and Sessions? Mm-hmm. They need new victims, Joe. They're running out of victims. <laughs> Clearly, what they thought they were doing. Remember, victimology is their currency. It's their fuel. And by victim, I mean the black community. The Republicans can't stand you. Immigrants, oh, they definitely hate you. I'm married to an immigrant. Like, uh, really? How did I get past that, you idiots, right? But Joe, do you see what I'm saying? You are a victim of Republican hatred. Vote for us. We don't really have anything for you, whether winking or not. But vote for us. We'll protect you against those horrible Republicans. It's not working. So liberalism is cannibalistic because, Joe, if they lose 10 to 20% more of the black vote, they have to find new victims to backfill the old victims they lost who are like, I'm not a victim of anything. I'm a proud black American. I'm not a victim of anything. I work for a living. I'm a father. I'm a steel worker. I'm a cop. I'm an architect, an engineer. What victim? What are you talking about? People are waking up. My wife, a Hispanic immigrant. Victim? What am I a victim of? victim i live in the greatest country on earth thanks to you we make a good living here my wife doesn't accept it she doesn't she's not going to sit here and be bothered one moment by your stupid silly victimology so you need new victims and the fuel for new victims is rage because your old victims aren't buying it anymore So you have to, Joe, if the old, say the level of rage you've used in the past to generate victimology. Republicans, Republicans, Republicans. All right. We've used a five level of rage and we've generated 10% new victims discussing how awful the Republicans are awful. No, they're not. They're really awful. No, they're really, really, really awful. No, they're, 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 they're Nazis. (laughs) They're, They're Godwin rule in effect, right? They're fascists. 
Now, the, the standard levels of rage, Joe, are we tracking here, yeah. are not developing the number of victims they need to win elections and get power because that's all they're about. So they have to up the rage. So what are they doing? They're raging against their own people. Mm. You have a liberal entertainer, this guy from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, Jonathan Van Ness, who, by the way, up to this point, at least I credit him for not backing down. Again, he's not a Trump supporter. This guy's a liberal. Make no mistake. They're attacking their own. They are ruthlessly attacking this guy because what are they afraid of, Joe? They're afraid of if liberals start waking up to the fact that all of this identity politics stuff and rage directed at Republicans is not really true. That Republicans aren't really fascists and Nazis and, and, and animals and whatever. They're afraid that the rage meter will go down and they'll actually have to run on something of substance. And folks, they don't have it. There's nothing there. I'm telling you there's nothing there. I told you this with the economy. None of them voted for the Trump tax cuts. Zero Democrats. How are they going to run on that? The, the economy's doing great. Did you vote for it? No, I didn't. Um, okay. They have nothing. That's why this is an inherently cannibalistic ideology that you are witnessing. Smile. You are witnessing in live time. I'm telling you, I know it's I know it's painful. I get it. I'm on Twitter all day. Just put my name in the Twitter search, not my handle, my name, last name Bongino. Just look at the ruthless. It's all day, all day, every day. I'm not a snowflake. It's part of the business. I live a great life. I thank God for it every day. But folks, it is ruthless. The liberals are dialing up the rage because the standard levels of rage are not generating new victims and they have absolutely nothing to go back on. Folks, they're about to turn on each other badly. You're seeing it now. Put in the term. I'm going to run a little test for you. I'm going to give you two options to show you how badly this is backfiring on the liberals. Again, in case you think I'm making any of this up. Go to either Candace Owens, who happens to be a black female conservative. Go to her Twitter feed and read the responses to any. It doesn't even matter if she tweets about what she's eating for lunch. Hey, out of five guys burger. Just read the responses. okay? To see what happens when you are a black conservative who thinks for themselves. Just read them or or I'll give you an alternative. Just go to Bing, Google, Yahoo, whatever you want to do, and put in the term race trader, and look what comes up. You will see thousands upon tens of thousands of hits. Put it in Twitter. You will see tens of thousands of hits of responsible, hardworking, patriotic, God-fearing black Americans, men and women both, who may not even be conservatives, but think for themselves, Watch the liberals turn on them. Race trip. By the way, people who are white calling them race traitors. You think I'm making this up? Do it yourself. Show that to your liberal friends. Race trader? Race trader? Are you serious? I'm not kidding, folks. You are watching in live time the complete utter implosion thanks to Donald Trump. 
of both the swamp atmosphere, hence the first story about the security clearances. The swamp's losing their minds. Their money's drying up. And secondly, you're watching the complete failure of identity politics in live time as Donald Trump's approval rating in communities told by liberals for years are supposed to be hated by Republicans nonsensically. You're watching his approval rating fly, go through the roof, and the liberals are freaking out. It's a black hole. Now, the responses, just one more quick story here, because I do, I spent a lot of time on this, but it's a really critical issue. The implosion is leading to, and I brought this up on, uh, what is it, Laura Ingram show or something on Fox this week. The implosion, Joe, of identity politics is leading to tactical inefficiency on the left. When I say tactical, I'm talking about political strategy. One thing about the left I respect but do not like is they've always been tactically efficient. What, you dispute what I'm saying? They got Obamacare pushed through, the biggest garbage bill in American modern American history. They got the Obama agenda through. They got Obama elected twice despite the worst recovery from a recession. Uh, excuse me, he got reelected once um, in modern American history. They're not stupid, but they are used to in the past their triad of conservative activist groups, the media and academia. They are used to using them to advance the football down the field no matter what. They are used to playing downhill while the defense is running uphill. Donald Trump has been the great leveler uh, leveler of the playing field. Now the field is even and the running backs hitting the line without the downhill momentum and a defensive tackle is smashing his face into the ground, and he's like, I don't know what to do. What happened? I used to be faster. Yeah, you were playing on a field that was slanted downhill. Donald Trump, through his Twitter and his refusal to apologize and succumb to the identity politics agenda of the left and the fear tactics of the media, we will accuse you of being a racist. You better shut up. Republicans in the past, I better be quiet. Donald Trump's like, nah, I don't accept that. That's garbage. Thanks. Have a nice day. Matter of fact, I'm going after you on Twitter. New rules. Hashtag new rules. Thank you. The left doesn't know what to do. The running back gets off the turf. He's like, ah, uh, uh, that hurt. What do I do? <laughs> the tweets are hurting. Public opinion is moving in his direction. Donald Trump's absolute refusal to follow the old rules of play. The media will call you racist. Don't do that. Nah, no thanks. I'll do what I want. Donald Trump's new rules have leveled the playing field and they are freaking out. They have lost their sense of tactical and political strategic efficiency. They are doing things that are not efficient and are dumb. The evidence, folks, is everywhere. Joe's Andrew Cuomo cut just a minute ago. Mm -hmm. America's never great. Liberals used to never make mistakes like this in public. Maxine Waters, go harass people at the gas station if you see them getting gas and they support Trump. Kamala Harris, Abolish ICE, Kirsten Gillibrand. Abolish ICE, Nancy Pelosi. MS-13 aren't animals. MS-13, the North Koreans are the real winners in this. These are tactically stupid, politically strategic faux pas of the highest order, and they're happening every day. 
because the level playing field, they don't, the offensive tackle can't get out of the crouch. The running back's getting hit. He doesn't, they don't know what to do. They haven't conditioned their muscles to play on a level playing field because they've always won because of the triad of the media, academia, congressional committees, and politicians using those to go after them. They've always lost. The Republicans have always backed down. We'll call you a racist. Okay, we better stop. You see how this show's tying together? Mm-hmm. The identity politics was a weapon in the past that Republican politicians feared more than anything. Trump doesn't care. He knows he's not a racist and he's not going to apologize for something you made up. He's flipping you the double-barreled... Mm, you get it. Now, this is leading to tactical inefficiencies and a huge one happened yesterday. The Baker in Colorado, Jack Phillips. Yeah, you see, you know where I'm going. This is why we need the video. I can always see Joe. Joe's like sitting there by the mic. Where's he going to go with this? The <laughs> Baker in Colorado, Jack Phillips, who just smoked Colorado's what civil rights commission, which is not about civil rights, by the way. It's about it's an anti-civil rights commission, ironically. They're about going after people mm-hmm. who uh, have religious and spiritual beliefs, right? Yep. He just won a case in the Supreme Court about having to bake a cake for a gay wedding. It was a 7-2 ruling. He won pretty handily. Now, it wasn't as comprehensive a ruling as many people would have liked, but it was a ruling nonetheless in his favor. What did I tell you about the left a little while ago? They are losing their minds. They have gone from just winning on an issue, which they did. They won in the Supreme Court on gay marriage. They lost this case. But this case doesn't impact gay marriage, Joe, at all. Mm. No one's saying it doesn't. You, 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 if you're gay, you can still get married. Mm-hmm. This, this case had zero impact on it. All it said is religious beliefs have to be treated like every other belief by this Colorado Civil Rights Commission, and you can't attack this guy, Jack Phillips. He wins the case. It doesn't take but two minutes for the same legal crew to go back into Jack Phillips' bakery, and what do they want now? They want a cake that... I think it was blue on the inside and pink on the outside or something. It was a transition cake Ooh. from someone transitioning from a man to a woman or a woman to a man. Forgive me I, I, if I get the order wrong. But it was a transition cake. Phillips says, again, I am not going to customize this cake. You're free to buy whatever you want, Joe, in my store. My store is your store. Yep. But I will not use my own artistic capabilities to construct this cake because what you're asking me to do violates my religious beliefs what happens colorado civil rights commission again right back at it again huge huge with 16 u's in the middle tactical (laughs) error the alliance for defending freedom religious groups that are defending mr phillips have now turned around and said you want to play ball oh boy new rules babe we're playing ball they followed the dan bongino new rules truth is they probably never heard it damn it but either way they're following the new rules they turned around joe and said no we're suing you now there you go before we played a little bit of patty cake with you now we're suing you i have no doubt this case will wind up in the supreme court again It'll wind up with a Supreme Court, Joe, without Anthony Kennedy and with Brett Kavanaugh, and you are going to get smoked because winning wasn't good enough. You had to punish because the anger and rage meter you used in the past was not enough. So now you've gone from winning on issues like gay marriage to having to punish your opponents, bankrupt them, and potentially jail them. 
But what you never took into account is the backlash. There are people all over this country who don't have an ounce of animosity in their soul for anyone according to their what they do in their bedroom or anywhere else who just want to be left alone. But you couldn't leave them alone, could you? You had to punish them. And now the new rules are in effect. The new rules are this. We win. <laughs> you lose. And you will lose. You tactically overreached again and you made an enormous mistake. You had no idea the Pandora's box you're opening. I'm telling you this as a, as a, as a, as a voter myself. But someone who observes the political scene and haven't been a candidate myself in in multiple, two different states, you have no idea the siege mentality right now of religious voters in church who are Jewish, who are Muslim, who are Catholic, who are absolutely furious that you will not leave them alone. That you cannot take a win and move with it. That you have to take that win and bankrupt them and potentially try to jail them in some cases. You have no idea the backlash you're generating. Now you're not only going to lose at the polls, which you have been. You may gain some house seats, but you are not going to maintain any kind of long-term majority with this strategy. Now you're going to lose in the court again, too, because you're going to go back to a Kavanaugh Supreme Court, not a Kennedy one. I don't know what you were thinking. Maybe you wanted some legal fees. You needed some money. But you made a huge tactical mistake. But in the era of Trump, Joe, tactical mistakes have become the hallmark of the new left because they can no longer control their rage. Their fuel is rage. All they've got is rage. It's their nutrition. It's their livelihood. It's everything. It's 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 what they it's it, they stand on a on a on a milk cart of, of of rage as they try to do their pull ups in the gym and they can't reach the bar. That's all they have. You take the make uh, the milk crate away, they get, they can't reach the bar. Rage is all they have, and in their endless effort to generate new rage and new victims, they are screwing up everywhere. Make no mistake. Thank Donald J. Trump for this. All right. Um. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was, was good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, self-praise stinks, but I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I did too. Hey, uh, Simona Mangiante, who is uh, George Papadopoulos' wife, was on Tucker last night. And uh, the fight is on, folks. Yes. I've never been more excited. <laughs> Papadopoulos' wife goes on Tucker Carlson last night. Simona, and she's like, we, uh, she said, "I listen, I, to be clear, she's like, I can't speak for George. She, obviously, she's married to him, but she can't speak. George does his own thing. Uh-huh. She said, but I'm recommending to George that he fight this. Folks, I've been telling you forever, Papadopoulos was framed. This Mifsud thing is a scandal. This is a huge, it's a setup. Papadopoulos was framed. And now it's becoming clear as day that at a minimum, from Papadopoulos' wife, I haven't heard this from George or anyone else, but they're at least considering fighting back against this plea deal. Listen, I'm, I'm asking you this. I'm using my show to do this. Go to her Twitter feed. It's Simona Mangiante. Forgive me, I don't know how to spell it. Just, but uh, you can. It's there's not that many Simona Mangiantes, and she has Papadopoulos in her feed too. She has a way to contact her on there. I'm asking you a favor to go on there and see how you can help. 
I'm telling you, Papadopoulos was framed. I'm sure of it. I've never been so sure of it in my life. And the more I read my book, the more sure of it I am. Because <laughs> I'm reading it myself for Audible, right? And by the time, the third or fourth time you've read it, you forget things you wrote. I have never been more sure in my life that Papa Dizzle, Papa D, is the key to this whole thing. If Papadopoulos fights this and, 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 and requests full discovery on everything the FBI has so he can defend himself and we can get this guy a lawyer to defend himself, you are going to see this case cracked wide open. And if it's not cracked wide open, Joe, mm-hmm. because the prosecution says we don't want to give Papadopoulos the evidence to defend himself, which they have to, mm-hmm. what does that say to you, Joe? They're hiding <laughs> something. And I'm telling you what they're hiding. Mm-hmm. Mifsud was a Western intelligence asset. Papadopoulos was framed with this nonsense. They have dirt on Hillary stuff. That came from friendlies, not the Russians. Please go to the Twitter feed. Look them up. Help them out. They need it. Papa D's the key. Papa Dizzle. Don't let this guy go down in flames. Mueller knows this. This is a scam. Now, something happened yesterday which should further solidify in your mind that Papadopoulos is an innocent man. Of all people, Senator Richard Burr and Lindsey Graham, two people not in any way associated with the conservative movement, but Republican nonetheless. A couple things happened yesterday. Richard Burr, who has been squishy on a ton of issues and is on the Senate Intel Committee, Joe, has been overseeing this whole thing, Mm -hmm. issued an uncharacteristically fiery statement against John Brennan. Richard Burr is a Republican who I got to be honest with, I have a lot of beefs with. I think some of the stuff he's been saying on the Senate Intel Committee about the case is troubling, but I got to give him a pat on the back for yesterday. Brennan has been coming out, John Brennan, the hack former CIA director, Trump just pulled his clearance, and Brennan's been saying what? He's been saying that, oh, you know, Trump, the, the collusion, the Russians could, could have something on him, insinuating that Brennan knows something. Burr, who is a, if anything, milquetoast issuer of statements, mm-hmm. if anything, almost, you know, oh, the DOJ, let's give it some time, just shreds him in a statement yesterday. And it's like, well, John Brennan, you were the CIA director. If you had information that the Russians had on Trump, why didn't you say anything? Oh, by the way, and if you do have that information now and you're disclosing it to the media, have you committed some kind of a crime? Boom. Boom. Bing. Pow. Boom. Burr. This is Burr. One of the most sober guys you've seen on the, I mean, he will, this guy says nothing but nice things about the DOJ. He just filleted Brennan. What does this have to do with Papa D? The whole case is based on Papadopoulos being told by Mifsud about Russian dirt. I'm telling you, Mifsud is a Western asset. He's not a Russian asset. Someone put him up to this, and Brennan knows. Number two, Lindsey Graham has been pushing, and has been pushing the, uh, the FBI and the DOJ for answers. Mm-hmm. He wants answers, he wants some butts, and he wants them now, to quote Top Gun. He's saying, listen, I want answers on why Senator Dianne Feinstein, when it was discovered that there was a Chinese spy driving her, Democratic senator, why a specific briefing was given to her about this Chinese asset and she was allowed to take corrective action. Why was that briefing not given to Trump? This is a brilliant move by Graham. Nice job. 
Why was that briefing not given to Trump about Carter Page and Georgie Papadizzle? Why, Joe? Because they weren't spies. Ladies and gentlemen, Graham is two steps ahead here. I got to give him some credit. Not my best buddy up there, but nice move by Lindsay. The media, and, and you know what's interesting? If you don't know the details of the case, you do. You listen to the show. Mm-hmm. If you don't listen to this show, you're missing this. Graham totally gets it right now. They know Papa D was set up. They know the whole thing was a scam. The Bruce Orr information laundering scheme is now out for all the public to see. There's no more running, liberal media. Your collusion fairy tale has entirely fallen apart and heads are about to roll big time. As these classified investigations about leaks come out, people are in a world of trouble. I'm telling you, take that to the bank. People are panicking and Graham is two steps ahead. I think Graham knows the Papadopoulos thing was a setup the whole time. So he says, hey, listen, you FBI guys, you went to Feinstein and briefed them about a spy. If Papa Dizzle and Carter Page, you really believe they were spies, why didn't you tell Trump? Genius. 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 Because now the FBI has only one of two answers, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. What are the two answers? Figure this one out for a minute. Answer number one. Well, we didn't brief Trump because we were setting Donald Trump up by keeping a spy in their midst to prove they colluded with the Russians. Wait, you were doing what? You let a spy remain in a major U.S. presidential campaign for the purpose of setting them up on criminal charges without warning the American people? Ah, uh, wow, that's the wrong answer. Well, now, yeah. <laughs> Answer number two, Joe, is even wrongier. (laughs) It's the wrongiest, wrongier answer. Because there's no option C. Okay, option number one, we left him in your midst to frame you. Option number two, (laughs) we didn't brief the Trump team because they weren't spies. They weren't spies. You may say, well, why is that the wrongiest, wrongier answer? Because number one seems pretty wrong. We were trying to frame you. That's why we didn't tell you about the spies in your midst. Option number two. Oh, they weren't spies. Oh, wait, what? So you opened the most significant counterintelligence investigation in modern U.S. history against an opposition political party and spied on countless innocent Americans associated with the Trump team based on the fact that you thought they were spies, but you're now acknowledging they weren't. Oh, get the Pepto and get me the charcoal tablets. Someone's having a gastrointestinal moment. Do you understand the conundrum? This is why Graham's in it. This is a genius move. They have no answer. What's the answer? Either they were spies and they didn't brief the Trump team to set them up or they weren't spies and they spied on innocent Americans, the FBI. There's no option C, none. But you can't rely on some inch deep coverage of this by, I'm not, listen, I'm not patting myself on. There are people out there doing fantastic work on this. Oh, yeah. But don't rely on inch deep, mile wild coverage. Graham's move yesterday was genius. Brilliant. Oh. Quote our Guinness friends. <laughs> they are screwed. And it's all right now about Papa D. Because they're going to have to admit that Papa D did nothing wrong. 
that it was Western intelligence friendlies, air quotes, that set them up. And they're also going to have to admit that they spied on innocent Americans, Carter Page and Papadopoulos. It's all coming apart, folks, bit by bit, piece by piece. Adding to the FBI's really bad day uh, yesterday in the DOJ, the government lost a motion in court. I have an article at Law and Crime. Uh, Please read it. Uh, Hat tip. I think Mitchell sent it in. Great piece. The government, Joe, lost its case to say we can neither confirm nor deny. What does that mean? This is a quick story, but it's important, relevant to this case. When Devin Nunes and Adam Schiff, Schiff A, released their memos, the memos had key components of the dossier in there. The public has now read those. Big, big problem for the DOJ and FBI. What's that? As I said to you about six months ago when I first started talking about this, one of the bigger scandals of this process is the fact that they did spy on people in this case, and they spied on them based on information that was not verified. If I want to spy on Joe as an FBI agent, you damn well better walk into court with information that you know is true. We crystal clear on that. Mm -hmm. The FBI and DOJ did not do that. There is a prophylactic type procedure in place to prevent this from happening. It is called the Woods procedure where information brought into a FISA court to spy on Carter Page and the Trump team is vetted at every level. That process clearly failed. Why? Because the information in the dossier that was presented to the court is false. It's tautological to say it failed. It's supposed to verify the information is true. It was false. What does that have to do with this story? Prior to the release of the Nunes shift memo, the FBI was saying, well, we can't confirm or deny the existence of the dossier. Therefore, we're not going to talk about the verification procedure either. Judge came back uh, this week and said, no, no, it's already out there. So you're going to tell us exactly how you verified this. Now, what's funny is some liberal commentators who are still knee deep, Joe, and invested in this scam, invested fully that this is real or like, Yes, this is great because now we're going to see how the FBI verified it and some of it could be true. Ladies and gentlemen, take this to the bank, cash this check and spend it. It is not true. The dossier, you have to be an imbecile to believe it. One of the components of the dossier is that Carter Page was going to be given assets in a Russian company for helping uh, alter the Russian agenda for Trump. The assets would have totaled about $100 million. Yeah, Joe, that seems practical. (laughs) You can't even put $10,000 in a U.S. bank without filling out a currency transaction report. You think that might generate a suspicious activity report? Let me make about a $100 million <laughs> deposit. Yeah, right. Do you understand yeah. how stupid you have to be to believe in the dossier? The imbecility of It's not true. So liberal commentators, just to be clear, so you understand this, are, some of them are saying, this is great, because now if the FBI is forced to fess up about verifying it, what if it is verified? It's not. This is a really, really (laughs) bad day, Libs. Please stop acting like idiots on social media. Take a bath. Acknowledge it's over. The Bureau is now going to have to come out and say, okay, we sent it through the Woods procedure, and here's who signed off on it. And yes, we did absolutely nothing to verify it. Oh, and by the way, Who was one of the last people in the Department of Justice, the head of the National Security Division, who was supposed to sign off that the information was true when it wasn't? Oh, Johnny Carlin. 
Where does that name come in? Oh, he was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. Oh, Oh. yeah. Bob Mueller brought in to clean up the mess, as always. Bob Mueller's former chief of staff signed off on this. And also, Bob Mueller, as a former FBI director, had a role in organizing the Woods procedure. Oh, that's going to sting. So Bob Mueller himself is not going to be able to say, oh, no, I don't know how that worked. Sorry, I plead ignorance. No, you don't. Thanks. All right. Uh, man, listen, I... Oh, gosh, I have so much stuff. You're going to have to stay t- t- tune into my NRA TV show tonight at 5.30, please. It's free, nratv.com. Uh, I'm, I've got so much to get to. I'm going to have to bring it to tonight. But, I'm, Joe, I'm going to go just a few minutes long. That's a nice um, nice bridge you got built there, Dan, over to NRA. Yeah, TV. I know, yeah, because if good. I miss out here, I can take it to the night show, <laughs> you know? Uh, also, Kim Strassel is a wonderful piece in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Kim! Yeah, Kim's great. Yeah. She's been doing great work on this. Um, it's not in the show notes, but I'm just going to summarize one quick point that's super important. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Steele was fired as a source in this case for leaking to the media. He was fired at the end of October. The FBI knew about him leaking to the media. Remember, this is the guy whose information they were supposed to verify, but didn't. Here, the, the, Kim Strassel has a just incredible text sent from Peter Stroke to Lisa Page that I'd seen before but couldn't put into context until now. October 7, 2016, right as the FBI is getting wind of their primary source of information, Christopher Steele lying to them about his contacts with the media. In other words, Steele's like, I'm not talking to media, but he was. Right. Right around that time, the FBI knew. Here's the text from Peter Stroke, the lead investigator in the case. To his girlfriend, quote, more B.O. leaks in the New York Times. I assure you, he's not talking about body odor. He is most likely talking about Bruce Orr. The FBI knew. The lead investigator in the case, Peter Stroke, in the investigation into Donald Trump, the farcical, unverified, crap, garbage investigation, Stroke knew the whole time that Bruce Orr was still taking information from Christopher Steele after the FBI got wind that he was leaking to the media. And Bruce Orr himself from justice may have been leaking the information himself. Quote, more B.O. leaks in the New York Times. The FBI knew the whole time. This whole thing is collapsing. The whole thing. Hey, I'm going to leave you with a good note today. This is short. But uh, it's Friday, and uh, I always appreciate your listenership. It's been a solid week. It's been our best week ever by far. But just to counteract, because we believe in facts and data on this show, and I don't want you to waste your time, the liberal nonsense, because they're imploding on themselves, that America is not great, that we should somehow be ashamed of this wonderful, incredible country full of awesome, just patriots, God-fearing men and women. Little snippet from James Freeman in the Wall Street Journal today about what America does for the world. It's just a paragraph. Don't ever forget this. Smile. Wrap yourself in the flag today and be proud of what our country does. According to the Hudson Institute in- Index of Global Philanthropy and Remittances, the U.S. government in 2014 provided more than $33 billion in official development assistance to the world. Oh, it gets better, Joe. While U.S. private charity was even larger, nearly $44 billion gets better. Remittances from individuals in the United States sent another $100 billion to the people of the developing world. Gets better than that. 
and private investment from the U.S. added another $179 billion. No other country comes close. Folks, listen, it isn't all about the money. I get that. But it is about the love. And I don't mean that in a hyperbolic, you know, fluffy kind of nonsense way. This country is chock full of people who love and give a damn about people all around the world. They work their butts off for their money and they send it over for the benefit of other people, not themselves. Don't you dare. You disgusting beasts on the left. Don't you dare try to convince America that this country isn't great. This is the greatest country in the history of humankind. and You should be damn proud of it. I know I am. Smile. It's a Friday. Thanks a lot, folks. See you on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.